doesn't kill you makes you stronger i really i get it but i flip it and i go no what doesn't kill you reveals your strength and i think there's a difference in perspective there to to say what makes you stronger is the sense that before you were weak mm-hmm. in the sense of i realize that the more i go through the more is revealed to me how much strength is within me mm-hmm. what is within me that once i tapped into i was like wow is more to me than i thought there was more place within me than i thought and it yep. took the relationship this divine trust in something else to reveal that through me as i walked out and um, walked out my life really yo Ryan Hartley here from always better than yesterday and welcome to the interview sessions where I interview inspiring successful people about their heart and their mind. I put to them my curious questions for one simple purpose. That is to help you be better than yesterday through the power of your heart and your mind. And I ask my questions to find out those golden nuggets that might inspire you. That something practical that if implemented will definitely leave you better in some way these interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at web creation head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices today you are listening to episode 95 with my good friend luke askew i love during the fact during this interview he doesn't talk about being a motivational speaker. He talks about being a life speaker, speaking life into people. I hope that the next half an hour of your very, very precious time speaks life into you, speaks life in terms of your ideas, your spirit, your motivation. I hope that you feel better for listening to this and I'd love it if you shared this with one person that you would love to speak life into as well. That's enough from me. We're going to dive into episode 95 with Luke Askew. Much love, guys. Luke, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, my friend? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Very good to have you. So you and I had a, an amazing conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really excited for my audience to hear a bit more about you, a bit more about your story. So yeah, please introduce yourself. Let them know a bit more about you and, and the story that you have been on. Wow, big story. Um, but in a, in, a, in a nutshell, really, um, I, for the last five years, I've been a what the industry calls a motivational speaker and <laughs> life coach, mind coach, mindset coach, business coach, everything coach. <laughs> and that's kind of been my journey because very much similar to you, Ryan, my heart has always been to serve, always been to serve. It's been to serve all my life, really say all my life, I'm 25, I'm not exactly old <laughs> life, but for, for the majority of my life, I always wanted to serve. And that was when I was younger, my, like my first job when I was 18, yep. was a PE teacher, like wanted to serve the kids. Then after that, 
becoming a speaker. I've wanted to serve people, serve the people that I love. Because um, I just love people and love pouring into people, empowering people, equipping people to be the best that they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best that I believe they are destined to be. In terms of a bit of a story, though, it hasn't always been, you know, plain sailing. When I first started the journey from like the personal, uh, like life speaking and coaching, I was just 20 years of age. So I was really young on the scene and I thought that would hinder me, but it actually Mm. propelled me because of how young I was and what I was doing. I got a lot of press and a lot of things, a lot of doors opened very, very quickly because I was able to speak to a generation and be relatable. But along that journey, I struggled with imposter syndrome, not knowing who I was, um, realized that all I was doing was regurgitating personal development books like Tony Robbins and stuff like that. And to the kids, Mm -hmm. that was great. They're like, wow, this is incredible. But then I realized that I had none of my own spin, my own material, my own experience, my own truth in one sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led on to a big spiral of depression, anxiety, really, really struggling. And then three years ago, I was just at a point where I was in a really, really dark place, you know, didn't know how to get out of it. You know, su- I would say it wasn't like suicidal thoughts, let's do it. But I was definitely getting to that point in my life where I'm going, how do I get out of this mess? And I don't like what I'm experiencing as well as still speaking as well as still going on stage and saying to people, you can do anything type thing. It was this such a performance on the outside, but inside I was rotten away in one sense. Mm -hmm. And, and then the, the big turning point for my life and the propelling to who I would say that I am today was finding my faith, finding something bigger than me that realigned me with my true nature, my true love for people. And, and obviously this is a very quick, <laughs> quick example. Yeah, I could yeah, tell the sure. story for six hours, like, but that journey of rediscovering who I was made to be mm. and what I have to offer to the world as a man of value um, and that has propelled in what I do now, really, in mm. terms of like, I like to say life speaking rather than motivational speaking. I don't believe in motivation. I think it runs out. But my goal is to speak life into people, to, 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 to ignite what it is that's within them that just needs a little litting up and setting on fire. That's what I desire. And that's what mm. I love to do. I love I that. Gives you the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for that story. There's so many places I want to question and ask and i think that there's been a real strong theme through um a number of my my recent guests um consecutively talking about this sense of faith something bigger than themselves calling and serving just talk me through that process of of coming to faith not necessarily it doesn't sound like you've grown up in church but you found faith later in life like talk to me about about that process Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head, really. Like, when I was growing up, mate, like, parents weren't of faith. Mm. No, my friends weren't. Like, no one spoke of any type of 
it wasn't that I didn't believe in a God or a higher power. It just wasn't in my remit of thinking, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I didn't even question it to think about it. Um, I always grew up fascinated in school and stuff and, you know, the history and, and, and learning stuff about that and hearing other people. But it was never a thing for me, really. But I think what's really, really interesting and people really resonate with and what I've seen is that it doesn't matter if you don't believe in God or a higher power or whatever, that once life gets to a certain point where you don't have the answers, mm-hmm. everyone seems to search for that place or that being or that source or, or something. You know, we see it on a deathbed, you know, when someone dies, a close relative, people will say, you know, oh, they're in a better place now, you know, they're with the angels, they're in heaven. It's like there's a, a default in the human nature to hope or to believe that there could be something else. Mm. Um, or if someone's just really, really struggling and, you know, I've spoke to loads of people that have come out to me because they know I'm of faith as well. And, you know, my mm. journey and they're like, not going to lie, mate, like I'm not religious or anything, but I've been on my knees at times praying. I don't know what to <laughs> But because I can't do this alone. And that's really where I was up to in my own life is I tried being somebody. I tried getting all the answers and I realized that I couldn't do life anymore on my own strength and my own will. I had to trust in something. And in my own personal experience, when I was three years ago, I was in Manchester. I was a mess, mate. I was crying my eyes out, bawling my eyes out. And I just cried out like everyone does. Like, if there's anything, like, please help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in a mess. Like, thinking I'm going insane. And my life just changed. Like, there was this great sense of peace in the moment that I surrendered to the possibility of something helping me through this. Mm-hmm. And that manifested itself in people. You know, not this angent like you know, people hear about these stories and angel appeared and stuff like that. I didn't have an angel in spirit experience or or anything like that, even though I know people that have had really big spiritual encounters. For me, what happened was people came around me like never before. I know we've spoke like before about this, like people just showed up in my life and I, I started to get you know, I would say now divinely positioned mm-hmm. around a certain group of people. And these people were just, there's just something about him. It was like, there's something in you that mesmerizes me. You have such a, it's something tr- so tr- a foundation of truth that you sit upon and live by. And then what I discovered with these guys were Christians and that they believed in Jesus Christ. And I'm, <laughs> I remember when someone told me like the answer, like, this is what it is. And I'm like, what, died, died on the cross? Like the historic guy. And they're like, yeah, mate, well, he's alive now. And I just, mate, I was just, you're having a laugh. But the more and more that I developed and started to seek that help and trust, and I was like, all right, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. The more and more answers started to come to me in so many mm-hmm. mysterious ways, through opportunities, through people, through messages, through just thoughts, Mm-hmm. And my whole life just transformed within a moment to where I am now at total peace, total contentment, no longer searching for the void in which I couldn't put my finger on all my life. Mm-hmm. And now I build my life upon 
the the faith and the trust and the the security that is for me god and and, and jesus personally i love that you um you talked about imposter syndrome you talked about depression anxiety what are some of the things that have kind of helped you through that time you know well when it was all happening nothing much right i was was a (laughs) blubbering mess and until i found my faith and i think i think what i realized was just like from one tree you can make a table a chair a pencil a piece of paper i realized that within me was something that could help me on my walk there was pieces within me you know one thing that I really don't like the saying and I like to flip it and be different. Um, but is, um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I really, I get it, but I flip it and I go, no, what doesn't kill you reveals your strength. And I think there's a difference in perspective there to, to say what makes you stronger is the sense that before you were weak mm-hmm. in the sense of, I realize that the more I go through, the more, is revealed to me how much strength is within me, mm-hmm. what is within me that once I tapped into, I was like, wow, mm. there's more to me than I thought. There was more place within me than I thought. And it yep. took the relationship, this divine trust in something else to reveal that through me as I walked out and mm. um, walked out my life really. Mm-hmm. But I think more and more, even today, like just before this call, being totally honest, I was doing a teaching um, on an app, you know, hundreds of people are there and and I'm doing Luke, which you'll learn very quickly is like silly and simple. That's two words, <laughs> silly and simple, easy analogies, simple, mm-hmm. silly, don't take my life too seriously. And I came off and I was like, do you think people thought I was like, do you know, was that too, do you know, and you, you, you're thinking these things. Mm-hmm. And then my mate texted me, he was watching it. I even went to her, I was like, that was the first one. What did you think? She's like, that was brilliant. You were just being you. You were being exactly who you were created to be. Mm-hmm. And it was just a reminder to me even now is that all I can be is authentically me. Mm-hmm. And the more I do that, the right doors open and the right mm-hmm. keys get open to the right doors, I would say. I love that. You talked earlier about having these um, personal development idol mentors, you know, the Tony Robbins, this world technically. And I think Jesus was the best life coach around because he asked some wonderful questions. He didn't always give the answers. He gave some, he asked some great questions. So you, you could have gone from Tony Robbins to, to, to Jesus and, 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 and be an imposter of it. How have you found Luke in the middle of, of all that? In the middle of what the personal development industry, the faith. Yeah, you, you, could, you could quite easily have turned your attention to Jesus and, and just been replicating his work, shall we say, 2000 years later. So I just wonder how have you taken all these great bits from other great people and gone, do you know what? This is me in the middle. I think, I think two sides of it. I think my life is two sides of it. I say, I, I don't want to change who I am, but I want to grow mm. who, grow into who I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference because I think the personal development scene, you know, I've been not been into personal development since I was 14. My dad had every Tony Robbins book, CD. It's just what we mm-hmm. listened to in the car. 
he tried to give me all this life advice and I'm like, oh, dad, just bug off. Like, that, you know, my dad opened my eyes to thinking differently. Mm-hmm. But I think my experience with the personal development scene is very much what I just said. I changed who I was to become them instead of rather taking the principles of success and applying them to me personally. And I think, you know, I think Tony Robbins does say is success leads clues is I, I didn't realize I wasn't looking for what they were doing as the clue. I was mm-hmm. looking at them like they were the guru. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to be them rather than going, Oh, could I just add the principle in which they live by into my life? And I learned that as I got older to do that. Mm-hmm. In terms of the other side of it, with my faith and, and Jesus and stuff like that, you know, with my faith, you know, it said that Jesus was both fully man and fully God. In other words, he was fully man, but had a fully divine nature. And I believe we're the same things. We're also flesh, but spiritual, we're humans, but also have this divine nature to us as well. And what he did was he lived through his divine nature, but it shined through his his human personality and being. So the way that I navigate around that is that, great examples of this for your viewers, listeners. Imagine you're in an art gallery, right? We could go around an art gallery and we could see all these pictures on the wall. Hmm. Now, if you were into your art, which I'm not particularly, but if you were, <laughs> let's say Van Gogh, right? If we went in, and looked around all the pictures, even though all the pictures would be different, they would all be an expression of the artist. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So people who are into art could look at a piece of art and go, oh yeah, that's Van Gogh. That's this person. That's that person. Even though the pictures are different, there's a, there's a way in which it's painted, created a style to it that reflects the creator, the mm-hmm. artist. So for me, what I've learned very, very quickly is like, I don't need to be like Jesus, the man. Do you know what I mean? I need to take his divine nature as a creator, his his being, his principles, his loving, everything that you talk about, Mm -hmm. loving, caring, everything, and filter it through my life and my personality and my quirkiness. You know, if me and Jesus were here together, I would love to say, that we were both in the same likeness, but we expressed it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to sit here and I'd be exactly like Jesus. I would mm-hmm. want to have the same principles, the same nature and be like, God, you guys are just on the same line, but you are so different and quirky. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So for me, that was it. It's like you and me, I believe we have the same and so many other people, the same loving nature, but mm-hmm. we express it uniquely and authentically through our personality and that's mm. what i've had to to learn i'm not meant to be like jesus the man i'm not meant to be like tony robbins i'm meant to take principles and live by the nature and the expression of who it is i was made to be which is in the image of god and live that through authentically luke who was created that way mm. hope yeah, that gives that yeah great answer great answer i saw a video of you um talking to some uh, school kids what is it about the next generation that excites you i think the next generation have something within their being 
that is built for justice, built for change, built to be the change, if I'm honest with you. You know, being involved in the education sector, being involved in the next generation, Mm. speaking to a 15-year-old lad going, gosh, I didn't think like you when I was 15. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and hearing what they're saying about going, oh, this isn't right in the world and that isn't right in the world and and we need to do this and we need to step up and we need to... I'm like, gosh, like, I wasn't like that. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't Mm. bothered about getting a 20p ice lolly and kicking a football (laughs) around. I love people as a kind person, but there's something about you that wants to be an ambassador to really bring change and we see it in the the news don't we i don't know what her name is but that young like activist and yeah Mm. and all these people and i'm like gosh there's something about this next generation that are just on fire and i think for our generation what i love is how do i equip them Mm. navigate them to do it in such a way that actually brings the result that they desire and not get caught up in the politics and the the narratives of media and stuff like that and stay solely focused on what is it that you really want and how do you bring it? Mm. What are, um, what are some of the things that you think that we need to equip the, the next generation or even the current generation with, Yeah, with the challenges that we face, what are some of the things that people need to armor up with at the moment? The ability to critically think. Mm to think for yourself. I think that's, I think that's a big one with the world that we live in today with social media and the news, you know, I, I think this COVID situation, you know, you know, I know this podcast will probably go out, you know, in a few weeks or months or whatever. And it'd be interesting to see like when we, where we're at, but I think this COVID situation has brought around one thing that just because the government or the news are saying one thing, it doesn't necessarily mean it's truth or the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all kind of waking up to going, hang on a minute, that ain't right. That's, hang on a minute, shall we rethink that? Mm-hmm. And I think what I've experienced is that very, very quickly you can be conformed to how the world thinks. Just because school teaches you something doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's necessarily true or the right thing for you or just because I teach you something doesn't mean it's the right mm. thing for you or something like that. You have to be able to take what it is that you're being taught, mm. explain it, and go to yourself and go, do you know what? I know you're telling me this, but let me mm. do the research. You know, I know you're telling me that the COVID rates are going up, but <laughs> let, me just, let me just dig into this a little bit mm. more. You know, I'll listen to you saying that this is a great movement to be a part of, but let me dig deeper and, and really work out, is this the best way to bring change mm-hmm. or could we do it differently? And I think what the only thing that I'm scared about is that this next generation will be conformed to media and social media mm-hmm. and lose the ability to have the belief that mm-hmm. they can go against the grain, can think mm-hmm. differently, can challenge. Um, yeah. I think that's the greatest thing that we could equip them with a, a spirit of pie, a pioneer spirit. Mm, yes. How else might people be transformed by the renewing of their mind? <laughs> I think you, 
you know, you despite my favorite scripture now, aren't you? <laughs> Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will, his good and pleasing will. In other words, that there's a divine nature and plan for humanity. And we have to work out, which I believe is within us, it's like kind of like you're always being told, you're always being pulled by the source. The source, God, whatever you call it, right, is always trying to bring you into alignment to what it is that he created you to be and do, call it destiny or whatever. What the world does is conforms you to their will and that nature. Greatest example is you take a 16-year-old girl or boy, right? who has destiny placed within their heart. Mm -hmm. They're meant to be an artist or a musician, or they're meant to do something so uniquely. But the education system will tell you to get a nine to five job, go to university, retire, then go on holiday and move to Spain. And the way that we've got to do that is we have to go, hang on a minute. Let me not think like you're thinking, but let me think like the creator thinks. Because if you can align your thinking with what I believe is the, the mind of the creator of the universe, very, very quickly, you, you realize that if you can tap into that way of thinking, you start to think very differently than the world does. Mm -hmm. And you go, why? That's like countercultural. And what you end up doing is you start to operate counterculturally but with oper while operating counterculturally, yep. you actually start to transform culture. And I think you know you're a great you're a great example, mate. How you lead in business and leadership and stuff like that, and what you bring to the table in the business sector in the business world is a countercultural perspective on leadership. Like leadership used to be, leadership is here, and you're here you do this because I know best leadership mm -hmm. was a role, not, not a way of being sure. And you've done that by re the renewing of your own mind mm -hmm. and bringing that countercultural perspective in the business world and leadership. Yep. And you've seen the fruit, you've seen the change, you've seen yep. how people step into who they're meant to be. I think one of the big countercultural things that we're all realizing at the moment is we don't need more things. I, you know, I think, we, I think we've locked down. I think this simpler way of life is, is just realizing that if we ain't going out and seeing people, we don't need to go and buy the new season of clothes or, you know, and, and, and I, and I, there was some scripture that I, sh I shared recently, which was just about the beauties within man. And I, and I just think hopefully more and more and more of us before we get loose throughout, you know, the other side of lockdown, I think I'd love for us just to take a moment and just, just be transformed by that understanding is that we don't need more things. And I think if we don't do exactly what you did, if we don't take this time to reflect and be transformed through the renewing of our mind, we will go back into the world and do exactly what we've been doing for so long. And that's consuming rather than creating. It's and when I to the patterns, exactly. And when I say, consuming rather than creating is because mm. we were made to create 
the word fruitful is is also the word being productive so when i say you're made to create i mean it in the aspect of be productive go and build go and do what you want to do go think outside the box but we at the the world makes us consume consume technology consume food consume clothes consume materialistic things and it stops us from creating it stops us from doing what i believe we were we were made to do Mm. what are you doing in the world at the moment and where do you see that headed i think at the in the world at the moment i'm doing exactly what i'm doing with you right now is i'm trying to awaken open the eyes to a new perspective of being Mm -hmm. i believe that everyone is searching for exactly the same thing you just haven't experienced it yet so i think right now i'm i'm committed to bringing people an experience whether that's when i'm doing an interview whether that's i'm on spade uh, on spades (laughs) on stage whether I'm doing a one-on-one coaching call, whether I'm doing a consultancy thing, whatever I'm doing, I want to bring an experience of what it is that I believe that you are mm-hmm. searching for. Um, and that's what, that's what I, I want to do. Mm. How can people find more of your work? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, I'd say the best, the best place is probably like Instagram, which is I am... Um, Lukaski, Lukaski was taken. It's not because I'm a narcissist. Um, <laughs> and then Lukaski.co.uk. That's my website. Um, but yeah, social media. I'm a creator. I'm always doing different things. I, I, I know I'll always do different things. So if people want to kind of see what my crazy brain is thinking and doing, then yeah, just kind of watch social media and watch what I'm doing. Love that. You um talk about pouring into others and love him, loving help will be helping people be the best versions of themselves and being closer to who they were called to be what are some of your favorite ways in helping people do that i think i think for me i love building people and i realize i'm like oh i love to build and i thought i love building businesses but i realized that i love building people and people may have businesses people might have ministries people might have just homes relationships but mm. i realize when people grow everything grows i don't think i'm the only person to say that i think paul scalon i think he says that as well but i've realized that building people builds every part of their lives and mm. if i can contribute anything if someone says to me oh look i'm struggling with my business it's because there's a part of you that needs to be built up struggling with my relationship there's a part of you that needs to be built up it all comes back to you your perspective your renewing of your mind all these things so for me my favorite way to do that is one-on-one coaching getting in the middle of people's lives businesses mm-hmm. seeing what it is that they have within them what's the dream what's the vision and helping them discover how they can unlock things within them that can build upon that love that my ethos is all about helping people be better than yesterday. I'm just curious to know what the phrase always better than yesterday means to you. I, I think for me, the great, the, for me personally is I, I, I had a mentor of mine and he said to me, if I could give you the greatest 
a device, it would be this. And so go on then, he said. Only ever compare yourself to Jesus and compete against yourself. I was like, wow. Hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good one. And because I can't compare myself to human beings because we are all imperfect. We're not perfect. You know, I can look at you that there's a part of you that's flawed. You look at me and go, wow, it looks great. Mm-hmm. There's many parts of me that's flawed. So for me to compare myself against you or another human being would not be the best thing because you will never be at the a level in which is try, mm-hmm. I'm trying to attain to. But for me, the greatest role model, you know, so you said Jesus is the greatest leader. You know, I think Jesus was the greatest human being. Mm-hmm. is he's the person I compare myself to. So how can I love like him? How can I lead like him? How can I think like he thought? How can be as selfish as it, selfless as him? So he's the guy that I compare myself to every single day. So I think it's first looking at my life every single day and comparing myself in a mirror to him, like an image, like a reflection. And then being better every day is now competing against myself to become more like that image whether that's, I just need to look, love my wife more today. I need to just be kinder today. I, it doesn't mean you do something, you know, I need, I need to do five things on the job list today. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just going to stop and do this today because it looks more in the image of the person that I look up to. Most. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to me. I love that. And I love that you're using the word wife already. It's already yes. flowing off yeah. the tongue. Yes. Already flowing off the tongue. It's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time out your day, your heart and your mind. And I would just love um, you to leave us with a final thought from your good self. My final thought would be if you had all the answers within you, would you spend more time looking outside of you or more time looking within yourself? That's the question to leave you today. (laughs) Let's all ponder that. Let us know, tag Luke and I in, um, in your post with your answers to that question. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing those answers. Luke, my friend, thank you. Appreciate you. No worries. Have a good day. There we go, episode 95 with Luke Askew. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of this podcast. As always, I will share a few of my reflections from this conversation. I think it's really something that we need to be mindful about is uh, that Luke talked about this sense of imposter syndrome eventually leading to feelings of of depression and i think from what i know about imposter syndrome uh, i link it to this this model called the dunning kruger curve it just pause it go and go and google dunning kruger curve and and what that curve essentially says is that as we gain knowledge as we learn more about what it is that we're passionate about um, as we gain kind of competence, we we sometimes learn that there's always more to learn, and, and as a result, our confidence can kind of dip. And my my reminder to people is that actually, do you know what? How you are right now is probably the best you've ever been. Um, so just show up, have fun, do your best, and, and and don't let imposter syndrome lead you to those lies of of feeling depressed. The other thing I really liked was that. Um, he he talks about what doesn't kill you reveals your strength i thought that was really powerful um and i love 
the idea that the next generation have something within them to be the change imagine if we all saw the potential in the next generation and spoke life into them and called them out um to being the people that they were made to be at their full potential how great would that be um and equipping people to be able to think critically what a skill set we should be looking to uh, equip our next generation with i hope this has been useful i hope it's been inspiring i'd love to know the one or two things that you're going to take from this feel free to share it on social media tag myself in at ryan b hartley or or i am luke askew let us know um as always shares greatly appreciated but not necessary what's most important is this message is heard by someone who needs to hear it thanks for listening you've made it to the end eternally grateful and i'll speak to you again soon much love guys